So, um, let's see here. Advance me if you would. I'm on PowerPoint. Okay, seems to be working now. Thank you. So these are questions that we already considered. Uh, I'm not going to go back through each one of them, of course, but we did consider these. This is, I think, the third week we've been doing this. Um, those are questions we already considered. And then last week, are the, are the list of spiritual gifts in the Bible exhaustive? Does exercise of spiritual gift mean a person is very spiritual? Uh, am I only responsible to operate within my spiritual gifting? These are all questions that we considered last week. Can a spiritual gift be developed? That was one of our final questions last week. And then uh, we threw this one out, which we'll begin with tonight. Are some, gift, are some gifts, spiritual gifts, of course, are some spiritual gifts more important than others? Um, if you would turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, um, for the sake of the recording and for those here tonight, the last few sessions have been recorded, and uh, so those can be obtained um, we are going to do our best to get the comments from the brothers tonight on uh, recording as well, which means that if you have a comment, raise a hand, and our good brother Dalith there is going to run that microphone around. So thank you for that. Um, so let me say a word or two as we turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Are some spiritual gifts more important than others? Um, we had four main texts on spiritual gifts that we highlighted, and there are other uh, lesser texts on spiritual gifts as well in the New Testament. Um, I believe we can safely say that in all of the texts, other than 1 Corinthians 12, there is no indication that I see that there are some gifts more important than others. So I'm just going to restate that again. In all of the texts, that's 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and some other peripheral texts that are not as as not, not as elaborate as the main four, um, all of them except for 1 Corinthians 12, I don't really see any indication that there is, that there are certain gifts more important than others. However, uh, there are a few verses in 1 Corinthians 12 that may suggest this, that may suggest this. So, uh, for example, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28, this may be the most um, notable of the texts regarding this matter. It says this, uh, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that uh, miracles, and then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, and so forth. So one might rightly ask the question, what is this list? Uh, is Paul giving to us a list of the spiritual gifts in order of their importance? That's a fair question. Um, if there is a text that suggests that there are some gifts more important than others, I suppose this would be it along with verse 31, which we'll look at in a minute. But there are other ways that this list could be taken. Um, and, and I will say that in reading lots of different commentators, lots of different preachers, I don't find an abundance that are persuaded that this is a, a list of importance regarding spiritual gifts. Um, it seems that it may have more to do with authority 
um, or even timing as to how God dispensed specifically the offices of apostle, prophet, and teacher to the early church. Uh, so perhaps that's more what's going on here is authority or timing. Um, Ryrie says in his study Bible that he thinks the list has to do with honor because honor is in some of the prior verses. Um, so I'm just not certain as to whether this is a list of gifts by importance. I would say this. If you were to be persuaded that this list is a list of importance when it comes to spiritual gifts, as I see it, it does leave a lot lacking. Like, it doesn't really give us a whole lot. So I'm not really sure how beneficial or profitable it would be because it's basically unanimously agreed among Orthodox Christianity that the office of an apostle has ceased. And in the vast majority of Orthodox Christianity, not just in our little circles, but lots of the bigger circles as well, it's basically unanimous as well that the office of a prophet, the New Testament office of a prophet, has also ceased. Even in this middle continuationist camp that we talked about, they basically are are on that same page, that the New Testament office of a prophet, those that were giving divine inspired revelation, that office is no longer in place. So lots of them are not even comfortable saying, I'm a prophet, even though they see some function of the gift of prophecy. That's a whole other topic we already talked about. But my point is, is that notice the way it's worded. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then he just kind of lumps the rest of them together, at least the ones that he's referencing here. He doesn't go on to say fourth, fifth, sixth, and so forth. He just says after that, miracles, then healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, just kind of lumps the rest of them in there. So if this is a list of importance, it doesn't give us a whole lot because I think we're pretty confident in understanding that apostle is no longer an office in operation. So it does seem to me that, that it probably has more to do with authority in the early church. But of course, we're going to open this for uh, discussion uh, in just a moment from the brothers that have comments. The other text is uh, that that might suggest that some spiritual gifts are more important than others is uh, a subsequent verse, which is verse 31. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 says this, but earnestly desire the best gifts, or you, your text may say the, the greater gifts, um, earnestly desire the greater gifts. So some would say, well, here Paul is commanding the church to desire the greater or best gifts. If there are greater or best gifts, then that must mean that there's some kind of measurement of importance. Again, if that's the case, and that could be the correct interpretation of this, we don't have a whole lot to figure out, well, then which is the most important and which is next and what's the hierarchy? We don't have a whole lot to go on because the only thing that I could see is verse 28, which doesn't give a whole lot based on the way that it's worded there. But there is an alternate understanding of verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 12, and that is this, that this is not so much a command from the Apostle Paul saying you all need to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. But there are lots of good brothers, and I I myself would be persuaded that perhaps the better way to understand this is that he's commenting on what is going on in Corinth. As if to say, but you all are earnestly desiring the best gifts. This is what's going on. This is what you're doing. 
and I didn't, I'm not the only one I'm saying, not that it matters, but there are lots of brothers that tend to see this this way because of the flow of chapter 12, because he's already talked about the body and how all the parts are useful and all the parts are important and so forth and so on. And it seems to fit the flow better because notice what he says at the end of verse 31. And yet I show you a more excellent way. So it would flow better if it, if he is saying, uh, you all, this is what you're doing. That you could be implied, right? If I say to uh, one of my kids, do this or do that, I don't necessarily have to say you do that. I can give out the command and say do this um, or give out the statement and the you would be implied. So it's possible that he's saying this is what you're doing. You are earnestly desiring the quote-unquote greater gifts. Remember they were elevating tongues, that's very clear from the context, especially chapter 14, that that's what was going on. There was an abuse of the gift of tongues, an elevation, an unhealthy elevation of the gift of tongues. And so he says, that's what you're doing, but yet I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And then he speaks about, well, as some Bibles might even title it, the greatest gift, which is love. So I know that's a fair bit. Um, let me let me open it right there for that one because that may have some some comments on it. There's more, but that's the the core verses that might suggest there's uh, different levels of importance to the different spiritual gifts. Uh, let me give it just a conclusion. I am not persuaded myself that there are certain gifts that are considered more important by God's standards than others. I'm not. I don't see it as being clear enough. It could be saying that in verses 28 and 31, could be, but I personally don't don't see that. It doesn't seem to fit the flow. It doesn't seem to fit the New Testament pattern of the church and so forth and so on. It seems like um, that there may be a, a better understanding there, um, but I certainly want to hear what others have to say. So if you've got something, shoot a hand up, okay? Certainly, um, as you pointed out in, in 1 Corinthians 12, that I, you know, I, I think what I'm hearing and when I would feel the same is I'm not comfortable placing importance on certain gifts when I don't see the big picture, right? So 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, All empowered by one in the same spirit who apportions each in one individually as he wills. So if he's going to tell me, tell us that this is more important, that, that's up to him. So if it comes from him, then he knows, right? So it's not clear, so I think that's where it needs to stay right now. I actually have heard this before, but not directly like that. But they, they pointed to that story in Acts 6 where the apostles, there was something that came up. And you say, well, there's some, you know, they're dividing up the food and things mm-hmm. like that. And somebody was getting left out. And then the apostles basically said, well, we just don't have time for this. But it almost sounds like they're saying, like, this is petty to us. It wasn't like that, right? Because look at what they looked for. <laughs> People like them, right? right. I mean, the guy, one of the guys that's named there went on not long after, right, and was a tremendous witness, got right. stoned to death. But he was picked to wait tables, right, and to serve these people. So, again, um, they understood that they're serving God. They understood that he's the one that directs. And, right, there was something that came up. They look for somebody who was spirit-fed to fill that need, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, the, the example of the body, right, there's the eye and the foot. There's different functions, right, in each thing. And it, it's just not one big finger or one big nose. It's it's the body together, right? And so, yeah, yeah each part is, is very significant, right? And I, I mean, from what I can tell, it's giving the examples. But the only person that could be able to say that would be the spirit since it's coming from him. Good. That's very good.
Anything else on that one? All right. Yeah, in one sense, no, uh, because God has set the members that it has pleased him, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, and so forth. Amen. Right? So there's really no difference there. However, you've got to do something with that verse, right? Covet, desire earnestly the best gifts. I mean, not, let's see, how could I say this? Uh, practically speaking, since we're the, the body, we're, we're relating this to the body, Paul is, I could live without a finger, but I can't live without a heart. So all, all the members are necessary for me to function. That's, that's just practically. I'm not, I don't have a verse for that, but that's just a practical consideration. Um, and then when it comes to, uh, then we say, well, as we talked about God sovereignly distributing the gifts, mm-hmm. uh, we might ask, well, you know, how, how could we pray for something, a greater gift, if God has already sovereignly done that. Well, then why do we pray for lost souls? You know, if the Spirit of God does the work. We do. And that's why that, there seems to be a, a corporate desire here to build up the body. That's what these all of these chapters are about, is, is the, the, the gifts are building up one another. So, you know, can the whole body be built up by a finger? Well, yes. But, but even when in chapter 14, I think it has to do corporately and individually. If, I, if I've got the gift of tongues, but I don't have an interpreter, I better pray for an interpreter or else the body's not going to be affected and right. built up. So that there's a, you, I think there's a sense. I'm not, I'm not discounting what was said, but there's a sense in which we could see that, that we would need to pray for an interpreter, even though God is just because I, all else I couldn't affect the body. So a greater... In that sense, uh, to uh, affect uh, the whole of the body. So uh, that's just one way to look at it, that, that there is a sense in which I could get along without a finger, but not without my heart. And, and, and God wants us to affect the whole of the body. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the gifts of prophecy, right? Prophecy seems to be very, he, he, he emphasizes it. Yeah, that's true. Yes, some may, in broad Christendom, would probably find this harsh, but there are quite a few who see uh, Paul listing these in such a way to minimize the importance of tongues almost specifically, in fact, specifically. And, of course, many groups would not like that, but when you read it in the context of 1 Corinthians 12, especially going to 1 Corinthians 14 and see as he magnifies prophecy and minimizes tongues, I believe that's safe to say, especially when there's no interpreter present because nobody's benefiting from it except for apparently the person who's speaking it. Um, it's, it's as if his main focus is to correct the abuse and misuse of tongues. So I'm not saying that's all that's there. Could, could it apply to other gifts and so forth? But the example you use with no interpreter, that's specific to tongues, right? And, um, 
That is certainly true when you read 1 Corinthians 14. He does that whole chapter 14. You need to understand that in context. It's a contrast between prophecy and tongues. Understanding the scriptures were not, the New Testament scriptures were not completed. The scriptures were not compiled. And so prophecy was necessary. Of course, prophecy was them speaking the divine revelation in a language that was understandable. This was absolutely necessary, but they had it backwards. They were all jazzed up, apparently. Um, and again, you have to read the context, read the flow of it to be persuaded of this. But they were all jazzed up about speaking in tongues, which was done apparently in a way that was somewhat showy and self-centered. It wasn't really benefiting anyone else. And so there is definitely that aspect, um, especially when you get to chapter 14. So still got something there? You had a hand up, Rex, or no? Oh, yeah, he did have a hand. I had a hand up. <laughs> I, I wanted to support you in your in your um, conclusion that you know that there's there's no if anything the diminishing of the tongues is is there, but to support you in your conclusion that there's no difference of importance because it's an easy disambiguation. It's not like Paul doesn't know how to make an argument or tell you something that's important or not, right? So if he he really had a point in telling you. You know, this is important and this one's less important. He had a, easily an opportunity to do so. He didn't take that opportunity. Why? Most likely, they're not. <laughs> there's no difference in importance, right? Yeah. Um, and I think this is this is one of many types of lists that happen in the scriptures where people read into the order of the list or maybe the uh, importance of the list that. That they, they don't understand that maybe it's just a list of stuff sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And to add on to that in, in relation to what Malcolm pointed out, depending on how you take verse 31, it could be implying that that there's an importance because he's saying greater gifts, unless it's the alternate interpretation that I attempted to explain. Um I suppose you could say even if there is an importance or a greater importance to certain spiritual gifts, God in his wisdom seems to have left out the the hierarchy. We don't have that. So whatever the greater importance is, like I think Brian was hinting at, if it is, the Lord would have said it. If he is saying it, he certainly hasn't given us a hierarchy that I can see um, to enable us to be like, well, hey, here's me. I've got gift number one. Thank you, Lord. I don't think that we can establish that. Clearly, so we've got another one over here, uh, Daleth, if you can. You you pointed it out already, but just to reemphasize, he goes to great pains and labor to show that there's honor for the more comely gift. All that is said before, it makes absolutely no sense. That comment in verse 31, it, it just doesn't flow. Right. It doesn't. Unless yeah. it is saying, but you are earnestly desiring the better gift. And so I, I really believe that that does flow with that context. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that big problem. Yeah, it fits the flow of the prior chapter 12 and chapter 13. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Here you are desiring what you believe to be the best, the greater gifts, 
i.e. tongues, because that's what's highlighted time and time again, especially in chapter 14. So, again, I, that could be. I'm not saying it absolutely is. I, I, I appreciate that you're persuaded is. I, it seems to me that way as well, but, yeah, could be taken another way. All right. Question number one. Anything else on that? We can always go back to it. And by the way, if, if, by the way, a few comments that were made regarding the desiring the gifts that will, I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, but our, one of our final questions has to do with that as well. Can spiritual gifts be lost? I'm going to just say that as quickly as I can. I see nothing in the, the context of spiritual gifts specifically. Nothing in the context of spiritual gifts that indicates that spiritual gifts can be lost. They can be unused or even misused. They can lie dormant. It seems like that is certainly a possibility. But as far as literally losing them, like a Christian being given a spiritual gift by God and then losing it, I see nothing in, hear me clearly, the text on spiritual gifts. Now, some will jump to um, parables like the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 and say, well, this might indicate that maybe I'm not really certain. Um, I'm not going to go into that in detail, but just to say that I don't see anything. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see anything in the text on spiritual gifts or anything directly related to spiritual gifts that indicates that gifts, spiritual gifts can be lost. Unless you insinuate it from some of the parables like Matthew 25, parable of the talents. Okay. Anything on that? There it is. Can't be lost, but could be neglected, right? Certainly. Neglect not the gift that is in you, right? So it's in you, it's in us. Can't be lost, but it could be squashed. Unused, neglected. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and disaster of all disasters, it's lost to the church. Hmm. Yeah, That's if it's right. unused, it's lost to the Absolutely. church, right? It's Very true. good point. But the question was more the person actually right. lose. Yeah, that's my understanding of the question. Right, okay. Could they literally lose it, like, for good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amen. Amen. If it's unused, if it's neglected, it's lost to the church, and that is a sad thing. Anything else on that? Okay, we can always go back to it. Number three, why are the revelation gifts uh, specifically? Now, this is specific to, okay, the revelation gifts by that. Let me explain that on this sheet that we had given out, which was just to help. Of course, it's not straight like I didn't take it from a specific chapter, but it's a conglomeration of the gifts and kind of grouping them together and categorizing them. So the person is referring to this sheet saying, why are the revelation gifts? So these down here, wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits that we mentioned on the temporary gift side of the handout separated from other gifts, which are on the permanent side. So that's page one, I believe. Uh, if they are mentioned in the same section of verses in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. Very fair question. And um, so this is my answer. Determining which gifts are temporary or permanent um, does not have to do with how the gifts are grouped in the groupings in the New Testament, period. Um, 
I don't have any flow like that. I don't have any particular passage that says, well, here's a list of the temporary and here's a list of the permanent. Therefore, I willingly admit that it's a fair argument, fair argument from someone who believes that these gifts continue to say, look, you kind of pick and choose. You go through the list of gifts and these you think are temporary. These are, hey, that's a fair argument. I've got no problem with that. I'm still persuaded that there are some gifts that uh, were temporary, that that cease, that are not presently in full operation. I'm not saying the Spirit of God could not do something in a particular situation, but gifts such as prophecy and tongues and, and so forth seem to have had their purpose in place at that certain point in time in uh, in the, the New Testament church and its foundational stages. I want to say in addition to that, that um, when it comes to these three particular gifts, whiz, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, which are from 1 Corinthians 12, 8, and 10, um, and which are listed on the bottom of this sheet, um, even among the cessationist group, and I know we don't like titles, but among those who would consider themselves cessationists, some of them are persuaded that these are part of continuing gifts. So there is a little bit of a challenge there. Let me just give you my most difficult challenge with dealing with these three particular gifts. I don't find a whole lot of cross-reference in the New Testament. Like prophecy, we can look at different examples. We can look at the Old Testament and so forth and so on. When it comes to specifically the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge... I don't find tons of cross-references to help me define what the gifts are. So the group that helped put this together, which I benefited from immensely, has defined them in such a way that they see it as word of knowledge being knowledge imparted to the speaker directly and miraculously by God. And so if that's the definition, it seems as though um, that had its place prior to the completion of the New Testament, prior to the compilation of the Bible. Um, however, some take a lesser definition, and I, for me, and I, I want to hear comments, I struggle with how to define these because I don't see an abundance of text in the New Testament to help me define what actually is Paul referring to here. So some would take a lesser definition and say, well, word of wisdom is just kind of somebody that has an extra measure of wisdom divinely given by God. Not so much direct revelation imparted, the Lord has given me this specific word for you, but just someone who's been given a, a, uh, an extra measure of wisdom. And in that sense, I certainly feel as though I can at least practically look around and say, hey, I, I think I see that. I see different individuals that I would say there's a, 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 a divine measure of wisdom there. Um, and the same with knowledge. I even look around this room and I say, hey, I think there are some, if, depending on how you define the gift. But I'm just willing to say I'm not exactly certain. I don't see tons of references to really establish a firm definition of what these gifts are. So that's a bit of a challenge to me. Um, but certainly are, is, if someone were grieved and say, I, you know, I have such success in counseling people and it seems like i don't know where it came from but god's given me this extra measure of wisdom hey i I mean i've got no problem with that in fact i could see that in function so if that's what the gift is then maybe they're right maybe maybe it is something that continues I, i i can't say for sure so i know that's a bit challenging any comments or questions on that follow up questions 
There are a few references, I think, in Acts that we can look at and suppose that that's what's being referred to there. But it's a bit of a challenge to me to really nail down and define what they are. So, Guided by the Scripture, yeah, that wisdom. And, and flowing in parallel and never contradicting, fine. But, the, of course, there's danger. There's another side of that coin. You can see the danger of the thing. Yeah. I have a word! From where? There's the danger. So I, I don't know. Guided by Scripture, I have seen some truly wise people that can come up with Scripture and plug it into circumstances. And I say, where did he get that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and sure. knowledge as well, I would say, it would seem to me that I, again, I think of specific ones, and we don't build our theology based on practical aspects of life, but I think of some practically. I think there's got to be some kind of divine ability there from God to recall Scripture, to to have such depth of knowledge. I, where did that come from? I don't know. But go ahead. Yeah, I, the, my, my answer is actually more questions. I mean, just, I know this going to sound funny, but just for us to think about, um, one thing is for sure, especially depending on what side you're, you know, again, I don't like to use that word group, but sometimes you see other groups and they take something and they swing so far left or so far right that we end up swinging the opposite direction. Right. So we don't want to be on that because we end up doing what they're doing, right? And so, you know, they might be really hot on the, the miracles and slapping people in the face and they're healed. And then you say, well, that is, they're taking it so far that that must not exist. Yeah. I'm a little bit skeptical of that, you know, obviously of that behavior, but I'm not, you know, now at, you know, 38, I don't feel right saying that it doesn't exist in this world. I can't say that. Now, it, it, again, the spirit is the one that gives it, right? So um, when it comes to knowledge and wisdom, how do we define it? What exactly is it? A really smart person? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe that's what it is. But again, I mean, there might, there's, because there's a huge abuse of certain things, mm-hmm. we end up swinging the opposite direction sometimes and not nixing it, right? But for sure, like you said, that when, when the church was founding, you know, there'd be really no need for tongues in this, in this part of the country, or this part of this world, right? Because maybe Spanish, maybe some Native American languages, but, you know, to actually see somebody speaking something that nobody else knows, you know, you can kind of say, that's a little bit too much, right? I mean, that's maybe not something the spirit would give, but in that part of the world, right, there was just so many people coming in and just to get that gospel out, you know, they needed to have that, right? I mean, the spirit of God gave that to them, right, to just explode on the scene. So um, in any case, you know, how are we defining those two things? And definitely could it be there? Sure, you know, but. Hmm. Anything else on that? Yeah, d- discerning of spirits. I, again, I don't know how that's specifically defined, but I do know that, for instance, Peter was able to say to Simon Magus, your heart is not right with God, right? He was able to, def- to discern that this guy was not straight. He was not mm-hmm. real. He, he, he professed faith, but he said, your heart's not right. And, and so, I said, I guess there's discerning of spirit there. And we are today not to believe every spirit when they come knocking on the door. I see the cults getting more deceptive than ever. 
the other day they come to my door and called me by my first name and showed me a little uh, app about JWs, you know, and whatnot. They're just trying all kind of ways to identify with mainstream Christianity. But, you know, it just, it's a call, really, a general call for all of us to discern. But we discern from the Word of God, right? So there is some discernment that we're called upon to exercise. Whether you call it a spiritual gift or not, we're all, as we've already pointed out, we're all to exercise in some measure all of these. So I don't see that specifically defined except in, with Peter and and. and and in a couple of ways, right? He did well. He did it for Ananias and Sapphira too. Right. You know, he could tell they were lying, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're all called upon to discern in some way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else on that particular question? All right. I just want to say in closing that. Um, Although it's not so much specific to that question, but it is related when it comes to the whole idea of the continuation of of all of the gifts or continuationism. I don't think I had an opportunity to say it in one of the main sessions, but there are some very reasonable, I would call them reasonable biblical arguments as to why they believe the gifts um, continue. So it's a bit of a challenge to deal with. And I just want to be honest in saying that it's, it's a bit of a challenge. Um the biggest challenge to me with continuationism is the fact that the gifts didn't continue. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but they didn't continue. We don't see them operating in the way that they operated. So, and I don't believe that God necessarily had to spell out, I'm going to use miracles for X amount of years to affirm my apostles, and then they're going to stop at this particular time. When Moses died... Moses' miracles died with him. God didn't necessarily have to say, these will stop at this certain point. Joshua had his couple, not very many. Um, Elijah and Elisha had theirs. When it comes to these particular things, it wasn't as if God had to say, these things will go on for X amount of time, and then they will stop. When the prophets stopped speaking, they just stopped speaking. There was silence for a period of time, Right? And I don't really see that God had to spell out in so much detail. So the biggest challenge I would have, although there are some biblically biblically persuasive arguments for the continuation of some of these gifts, is that we just don't see them continuing. And I know that there would be some fair criticism to that, but I do believe that's a reasonable point, especially when you compare the gifts with what is seen in the New Testament. That's I'm saying. Just compare them and... Um, and see what you end up with. So uh, we'll stop there. We're a few minutes over. I appreciate the patience. Let's pray. We do have a couple other questions I suppose we'll address next week or we'll break up into groups. We'll see how this goes, okay? Our Father, we thank you for this evening again, for the ability to look into your word, and we humbly admit that uh, we are dependent upon you, Lord, and we are grateful for your word. It is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. Uh, we do look to you, to what you have revealed. We recognize, O oh God, that there are some things that uh, are in your mind and are not uh, revealed to us. And yet what you have revealed, we want to make every effort, Lord, to rightly discern, to rightly divide your word. So help us, we pray, in all humility, Lord, 
you have so many good Christians throughout this world, throughout this area in South Florida, and some with even differing views on some of these particulars. And so we just thank you for the vast body of Christ that exists and so many that are operating in a way that uh, preaches and honors and glorifies the Lord Jesus. We give you thanks in his name. Amen.